Everyone has questions. Why am I here? Where will I go when I die? Is there really truth? But not everyone has biblical answers. Welcome to The Pastor Study, a ministry of pastorstudy.org. Join us now as we study the Bible to draw closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Here is Pastor Tom Brock. Welcome to The Pastor's Study. The question for this half hour is, how can I discover my specific calling in life? How do you know if God wants you to be a Christian lawyer or a Christian plumber? You know, we need Christian plumbers. I had to call one this week. Be an, be an honest one. How do you know if you're supposed to be a full-time mom or a pastor or a Sunday school teacher? Well, this is rather an important topic. How can I discover my specific calling in life? To answer that, we turn to the book of Romans, chapter 1. Would you take out your Bible, and let's pray and jump into this. Father, we're, we're going to pray now for anyone watching this show who does not know what you want them to be and do in life. God, guide them now. Speak to us about how to discover our calling. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> Romans chapter 1, starting at verse 1. Paul. Paul wrote the book of Romans. Do you know who Paul was? Paul was Jewish as he could be. He hated the Christian church. He went town to town persecuting the church until Jesus knocked him down, blinded him for three days. Then he got his sight back, and Jesus said, Paul, you're going to convert the Gentiles, the non-Jews. That's your call. Paul wrote 13 of the 27 books of the New Testament, almost half the, uh, the New Testament. So that's who Paul is. Paul, a servant or a slave of Jesus Christ, called as an apostle. The word apostle means sent one. And so here's the first lesson. Paul knew his call. He knew his special calling in life was to be an apostle, one who sent out to convert the lost. And how did Paul know his call? Well, there's the next lesson. Paul knew his calling because Jesus told him. If you read the book of Acts, Paul's going on the road to Damascus to persecute the Christians. Jesus knocks him down, and then Jesus says these words to Paul from the book of Acts. Rise and stand on your feet, Paul, for I have appeared to you for this purpose, to appoint you to serve and to bear witness, to open the Gentiles' eyes, that they may turn from darkness to light, and from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive the forgiveness of sins. So the reason Paul knew what his calling in life was is because Jesus told him. I was on a plane recently, and sitting next to a young woman in her 20s, I don't think she was a believer, but she found out I'm a pastor, and she says, how did you know you were supposed to be a pastor? And I thought, okay, let's tell her. I don't know how she'll handle this, but I said, well, have you ever heard of speaking in tongues? And she had, and I said, I was in college majoring in filmmaking, and I discovered that was not God's will for my life. So I started to pray, Lord, what do you want me to do with my life? I prayed that for two years during college. Finally, I spoke in a tongue. This woman said she got an interpretation that next semester you're supposed to transfer to Bethel College, 
major in religion and become a preacher and a teacher. And I said to her, that's how I knew to become a pastor. Paul knew his call to be an apostle because Jesus told him. Now let me ask you this. Have you ever prayed, Lord, what do you want me to do in life? What is my specific calling, Lord? If you've never prayed that, you need to pray that regularly. It took me two years to find out, but, but do that. And, and I want you to, to look at this. Later, the, the whole church confirmed Paul's call. Listen to this from Acts 13. While the Christians at Antioch, the church at Antioch, were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul, Paul, for the work to which I have called them. Then after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them, sent them off. Paul knew his call, but then later it was confirmed by the whole church. Now, you know, maybe you'll never have a prophecy or a speaking in tongue telling you what to do, but... Maybe somebody in your church will confirm it. And, and they'll say, you know what you're really good at? You're good at this. Maybe that's your calling. So, Paul knew his specific calling, and then later it was reconfirmed by the church. But now let's ask another question. Paul knew his calling to be an apostle. How did he know his specific mission, that it was going to be the Gentiles, the non-Jews, he was to go after? Well, let me read verse 5. Through Christ we have received grace and apostleship to bring about the obedience of faith among all the Gentiles, that's the non-Jews, for his name's sake. So, Paul knew his specific mission was not the Jews, which he was. He was Jewish. It wasn't the people in China. Paul knew, no, I'm supposed to go to the Gentiles. Do you know Jesus when he was on earth? His specific mission was just to the Jews. He knew later the apostles would take it to the Gentiles. But listen to what Jesus said in Matthew 15, quote, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. So, so hear this. God doesn't expect you to save the world, but he has one specific mission that he sent you on. Do you know what your mission is? I will tell you. Years ago, I'm a, I'm a Lutheran pastor. Years ago, I had about a five-hour difficult discussion slash argument with a Christian of another denomination. And at the end of those five hours, I think I shook him, but he shook me too. And I'm starting to wonder, well, should I become that denomination? And that very night, I had a dream. And the dream said, Tom, I have called you to the lost sheep of the Lutheran church. And then I woke up. I'm still a Lutheran. And you know, there's a lot of lost sheep in the Lutheran church. I, years ago, left the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, the big liberal branch of Lutheranism. But I'm still on a clergy Facebook page with some of these pastors. Some of these ELCA pastors don't believe in hell. Everybody goes to heaven. All roads lead to heaven. Some of them are very forceful on advocating for transgenderism, homosexuality, abortion. And these are pastors. Some of them want us to pray to God the mother so we're not sexist. My, there are a lot of lost sheep in the Lutheran church. So whatever specific calling yours is, then find out what your specific mission is. All right. This leads to the hugely important question, how can I discover my specific calling? Well, please hear this. This is important. Your gifts plus your passion 
equals your calling. Let me repeat that. Your gifts, what you're good at, plus your passion, what fires you up, equals your calling. So let, let, me, let, let me show you how this works. I'll pick myself for it. I know what my gifts are. Uh, f- first of all, though, I, I should go back. First of all, make sure you know what your gifts are. Let me list them for you. First, determine your gifts. From the New Testament, here are the 19 gifts of the Holy Spirit. Discerning of spirits, teaching, knowledge, wisdom, tongues, interpretation of tongues, faith, miracles, healings, service, helping, administration, encouragement, giving, leadership, mercy. Uh, Those are the gifts of the Holy Spirit according to the lists in the New Testament. And it doesn't say it's an exhaustive list. Maybe your gift is finances. And so you use that to serve the church. Or you know how to direct a TV show like Fred does. Then you do that for, for the sake of the gospel. But you, you do, first of all have to know what your gifts are to determine your calling. All right, so um, uh, l- let me show you then how to do this. Your gifts plus your passion equals your calling. All right, I'll use myself and then we'll try a few of these. My gifts, what are my gifts? Preaching and teaching. What's my passion? What do I, what fires me up? I have to defend God's truth. When I see God's truth being drugged through the mud, I gotta stand up. So my my gift, preaching and teaching, plus my passion, defending God's truth, equals my calling. And so so you know what my calling was for a number of years when I was still in the liberal ELCA, Lutheran denomination? Every year I went to those synod conventions and when pastors got up defending abortion or homosexuality, I'd get up and say, wait a minute, the Bible says something other than what you're saying. So let me try another one. My gifts, preaching and teaching. A second passion I have is the salvation of the lost. I want to see lost people saved. So my gifts plus my passion equal my calling. So way back in 1988, we started this very TV show to preach salvation on TV. Let me try just one more. Another gift I have is, is called evangelism. And another passion I have is, again, the salvation of the lost. So my calling is when I'm on a bus or a plane or in a restaurant, I like to try to share the gospel one-on-one with people or I'll hand them a gospel tract. All right, that's me. Let's try you. <laughs> Let's say your gift is hospitality. You just love being hospitable and you're a warm person. And your passion is you want to see your church be very friendly. So your gift, hospitality, plus your passion equals your calling. So maybe your calling is to be a greeter at your church. And on Sundays, welcome people to the church. Let's try another one. Let's say your gift is different. You've got the gift of administration. You're very organized. But you've got the same passion as that person that we just talked about. You want to see your church be friendly. So your calling would be to organize, make the phone calls for the greeters ministry of your church. Let's try another one. Let's say your gift is mercy. You'd have a heart for the hurting. That's the mercy gift. Let's say your passion is you love old people. All right, so your, your gift plus your passion equals your calling. Maybe you're supposed to visit the, the older people in the shut-ins of your church. Let's do another one. Let's say your gift is encouragement. You love to encourage people. And your passion is children. You just love children. 
but you know you're not a good teacher, so you're not going to be a Sunday school teacher. But you got the gift of encouragement, and your passion is children, so maybe your calling is to do what some people do. You write kids a little uh, postcard every week and send it to them, encouraging them in their faith. But again, just put it all together. Your gifts, you've got to find out what you're good at, plus your passion, what fires you, equals your calling. All right, one more thing to say on this. Test it and see if others confirm it. Remember, in Acts chapter 13, the church at Antioch confirmed it and said, you're right, Paul, you should go be an apostle. And historically, in the Lutheran church, you just don't say, I'm going to be a pastor. No, the whole church has to confirm that by ordaining you. So, here's what my point, though. Go to some people that know you and ask them, can you confirm this? I think the Lord is telling me that I'm good at this. Do you think that's true? And if people, yeah, that's your calling, go for it. But if nobody confirms your calling, I'd wait. For instance, <laughs> um, some time ago, I had a free Sunday morning. So I visited an Episcopal church. The Episcopal preacher gets up. He was an older man. His whole sermon he preached with his eyes closed. He preached the whole sermon with his eyes closed. And no offense, it was one boring sermon. And I wondered, I'm serious, not if his congregation was going to fall asleep. I wondered if he was going to fall asleep during his own sermon. It was that bad. And, you know, I'm wondering, did this man miss his calling? Shouldn't somebody politely take him aside and say, you know, maybe that's not your gift? My point is, find out what your gifting is and use that to serve the Lord. Don't serve the Lord where you're not gifted the rest of your life. Serve the Lord where you're gifted. <laughs> okay, one last thought. Don't let unworthiness or inability keep you from fulfilling your calling. Look what Paul says in, in Romans chapter 1, verse 5. Through Christ we receive grace and apostleship. Paul knew he did not deserve to be an apostle. He persecuted the church, but Paul's thought is, well, God gave me grace, he forgave me, I'm going to serve him. Don't let the fact that you're not that smart about what the Bible says or that you've led a sinful life keep you from fulfilling your calling. Recently, I heard a great sermon this pastor can preach. He was a really great preacher. In the middle of his sermon, he says, you know, years ago, I was into premarital sex. I was into drugs. I was into alcohol. But God saved me out of it, and he can save you too. So, so don't let the fact that you're sinful, because we all are, or that you don't know the Bible that well, don't let that keep you from fulfilling your calling. We have done a lot of shows uh, since 1988. We had a prostitute here that was a former prostitute. Now she helps prostitutes out of prostitution. We had a woman who was into New Age witchcraft stuff. Now she's helping people out of the New Age movement. We've had, all, we've had people who've had abortions, do whole shows on abortions, and now how they're helping women not have abortions or get healed from an abortion. So, you know, never think, never think you're too sinful or too stupid to serve the Lord. That's the devil talking. Serve the Lord anyway. Paul persecuted the church. The Lord used him anyway. All right. One last word is this. There's a saying that goes, God does not ask about our ability or our inability, but our availability. Let me repeat that. God doesn't ask about our ability or our inability. He asks about your availability. Amen.
Welcome to the portion of the pastor study where we now ask Pastor Brock to share with us his knowledge of scripture and his insights to answer questions we have regarding the Bible, our Lord, and our everyday walk with him. Pastor Brock, you gave us the whole list of 19 spiritual gifts, but where do they all come from? Yeah, and you know, let me borrow your notes because I left mine behind. <laughs> um, in, if you want to read about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, you would turn to, and I'm sorry, I don't have them here. It would be, uh, I believe it's Romans chapter 13, especially 1 Corinthians chapters 12 and 14. So look at Romans 13, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 1 Corinthians 14, and you'll get the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And who came up with what the gifts of the Holy Spirit are? Well, the Holy Spirit comes upon the disciples at Pentecost. And then they go out and they preach. And then Paul, Paul, who wrote almost half of the New Testament mm -hmm. books, wrote to these churches telling them what the gifts of the Holy Spirit was. So the Holy Spirit revealed to Paul what the gifts were, and Paul revealed, revealed it to, to the church. church. Yeah. Okay. Can a person have more than one spiritual gift? Yes. Yeah, I think there's one or two that you're the best at and that's your major calling. But I think, you know, Jackie, you, we all have at least one spiritual gift. And, and very possibly more. Mm -hmm. Okay. Can you have more than one passion or more than one calling uh, to uh, that? Yeah. Yeah. If you remember, your gift plus your passion, passion. equals your calling. Oh. So, yeah, like I have a passion for lost souls. I also have a passion to defend God's truth. Those are two different passions. Yep. So you can have more than one. So I guess I still don't quite understand the difference between a person's calling and his mission. Okay. So Jackie, let's say that your calling is to be a Christian grandma, okay? And what's your mission? Well, it's probably your grandkids. That's your first mission. But maybe it's some kids at the church, too, that God pulls your heart toward. So, you know, your mission is the specific group that you're targeting. You can't save the world, but you can target the little group that God has given you. Yeah. Okay. Is it possible for a person to miss their calling in life? You know, I mean, Jackie, I'm, I'm thinking right now of a professor of church history that I had at college. Extremely boring. And I remember just sitting there day after day, yawn, yawn, yawn. And I couldn't help but wonder, did this man miss his calling? Because he was not a good teacher, which is why we need to seek the Lord on this and hear from the Lord before we, we jump into something. Yeah. Okay, some teacher, churches teach that speaking in tongues ended when the Bible was completed. Is that true? Yeah, there are some dispensationalists, not all. It's a group, there's a teaching called dispensationalism, and they, they think that the dispensation of the gifts of the Holy Spirit ended when the New Testament was completed about 95 AD, because according to them, we don't need the gifts of the Spirit anymore. We have the Bible. My response is, the Bible never says that the, the gifts end in 95 AD. It never says that it ends the gifts. I mean, Jackie, don't we still need wisdom, teaching, administration? Well, of course we do. And, and why would then tongues have fallen out? So I think that's a, I, I don't, I think these people are Christians, but I think they're wrong. The gifts are still here. Yeah. Tom, when, you're, when you decided you wanted to become a minister, did your parents confirm your calling <laughs> to be a pastor? The church did. My parents, dad was dead by that time. 
I remember when I said, you know, Mom, I think I'm supposed to be a pastor. Her words were, sure you don't want to be a lawyer. <laughs> so I didn't get a whole lot of support from my family to be a pastor, but I, I knew it was God's will, so I went for it, yeah. Sometimes your family will not be in favor of your calling. And sometimes your family is the hardest people that you to, have I to know. try to turn around. I know. <laughs> Believe me, I know. Yeah. So, um, did Paul carry out his calling all the things he did till he died? You know, he did. He died. The, the, according to early church history, this is not in the Bible, but according to early church history, Paul was beheaded in Rome. I was just going to ask you how yep. Paul died. Yep, he was beheaded and probably. Now, again, this is not for sure, but according to early church history, he preached the gospel right to the end in jail and elsewhere. Yep. Okay. Some people say that Paul was a chauvinist and an anti-woman person. Mm -hmm. What would you say to that? You know, I think that's, that's awful. Paul, Paul tells husbands, love your wives and give yourselves up for your wives like Christ did for the church. So Paul tells husbands to sacrifice themselves for their, their wives like Jesus sacrificed himself for us. So, and he teaches women should submit to their husbands. So, and you know, uh, some feminists don't like Paul at all, but listen, they haven't suffered, nobody's suffered for the gospel like the apostle Paul has. So I would be very slow to criticize him. Plus, if you believe he wrote under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, then wives, submit yourselves to your husbands. That's God's uh, rule for marriage. Pastor Brock, can you explain where fasting came from in that? Yeah. Um, you know, in ch should a church or a Christian fast? Yeah. Um, fasting means you go for a while without food. You normally drink water, but like I said earlier, if you don't know your gift or you don't know your calling, you might want to fast. The church at Antioch in Acts 13 fasted, and that's when the Holy Spirit said, Paul and Barnabas are to be apostles. Okay. So I would, you know, if you've never done it, maybe say, God, for two days or one day I'm going to drink water, but I'm not going to have food, and I'm just asking you to show me something. Is there any churches out there today that actually encourage fasting? We should all. But, you know, sadly... A lot of churches don't fast. And if you've never had a fast at your church, you should call for one. Let's fast for the persecuted people in, in Iran that are being beheaded. You know, There are certain things we should be fasting for and praying for. I gotta admit, I don't fast like I should, but I need to do that. You know, you don't hear people in, or ministers and churches actually preach about no. fasting and yeah. things and that. Yeah, but it's in the New Testament. And Jesus said, disciples, when you fast, do it this way. He didn't say if you fast. He said when you fast. Okay. Well, Tom, we're getting down to four minutes left, and we haven't done this for a while, but we're, uh, we've done some major expansion yeah, we where have. we are. Yeah. And maybe you'd like to give a little bit of an update sure. before we close? Sure. Everybody, uh, we've been doing, where are you? We've been doing this TV show since 1988. For many, many years, we were just on in Minneapolis. About seven years ago, we went national. So if you get DirecTV or Dish Network, you get this show all over the country on the Christian Television Network. Then we added other markets where we're on regular non-cable TV, like, if I can get them all, Minneapolis, Rochester, Duluth, uh, the Quad Cities in Iowa, uh, Sioux Falls, 
uh, South Dakota, North uh, Bismarck, North Dakota, Madison, Wisconsin, Wichita. Now we're in Phoenix, and uh, so we've expanded. And so Tom, we're getting. Did you ever think this ministry was going to take off I did and not. do what it did? I, did I didn't not. either. No. And, and I mean so praise be to the Lord, because <laughs> people, you got to know this. Everybody in this ministry is a volunteer except little old me. I get a modest salary. We have a Christian board that oversees the money. So when you send a, a gift, it goes exactly where it should go. I'm not getting a Cadillac or a jet, Jackie, and I don't want one. And but, I don't get one. <laughs> no, you do not. But everybody, here's the, we, are, we have hit a slump in our finances. So I hope we don't have to cut back on some of these cities. We'd rather expand our message to more cities. So we're just asking you today, would you pray for our ministry that we won't have to cut back, that we'd be able to expand? And if the Lord nudges you, there you can uh, people can donate at pastorstudy.org online. That's what I was just going to say, Tom. We also have a website, so if people don't yep. have these You're television right. channels, yep. they can go to that website yes. and pick a sermon that they'd right. like to hear or show. It's all for free. You can go to Pastor Study, two S's, pastorstudy.org and watch all of our TV shows for free. If you've got a loved one who doesn't get our channel, they can watch it on our station. But So pray for our ministry that will expand instead of go backwards. Uh, if the Lord nudges you, you can donate there or there'll be an address up and people uh, give our gifts. That's why we're on the air everywhere because people have been very generous. Tom, you want to close with prayer today? Sure. Yep. You know, we just, we just talked today about discovering your calling. And if you're watching this and you're not sure what your gifts are or your passions are, therefore you don't know your calling, let's pray. Father, we do want to pray for everyone watching this show. If they don't know what their gift is, what they're good at, show them where you have gifted them. And then, Lord, show them their passion. What is it that, that you have put in their heart? What, what's, what will fire them up? And then, Lord, may they discover their calling and not just discover it. May you grant them the grace to carry out and do whatever you're telling them to do. For your glory, we ask this in the name of Jesus, our Savior. Amen. Thanks for being with us, and we pray God would be with you, granting you his richest blessings until we're all together again next time. Thank you for watching The Pastor Study. You can watch more of our programs at pastorstudy.org. We are on the air preaching the gospel of Christ because of our generous support of you, our viewers. Would you consider supporting our ministry? You may do so at pastorstudy.org. Or write The Pastor Study, P.O. Box 41294, Minneapolis, Minnesota 55441. May the blessing of our one triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with you today and always.